Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Starbucks Pistachio Latte will transport you to your happy place. The comforting flavor of pistachio, warm espresso and milk, all with a brown buttery topping. Make today a good day. Order ahead on the Starbucks app. That cold case you're listening to? Nasty stuff. But you know what else is a crime? Missing even a moment of whatever you're doing to go on a drink run. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered in under 60 minutes. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Now the only thing in my head is, I don't give a fuck. I, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about, about you or anything that you do. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's a solid jam that I 100% forgot about. Yeah, thank you for playing that for me right before we started recording. <laughs> yeah, you know, we definitely got ourselves And then like, maybe, um, maybe do five seconds of silence before I could say, I don't give a fuck. I don't, I don't, I don't give, give a fuck. fuck. I mean, it's fine. It was in both of our heads at the same time. Like, we were both there for that. We've we've sufficiently got ourselves really sauced for this episode. <laughs> we waited I way mean, too yeah. long to record. We did. We drank we almost drank- an entire bottle of champagne. So, oh, you drink most of that bottle. I drink a lot of. Cha- I have a lot of champagne. She's filled with champagne. I am. A she's cha- ready to celebrate. I am a champagne supernova in the sky. Supernova. Yes. 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 Mm. <laughs> Yay! Welcome to Rock Candy! <laughs> We're drunk! Yay! Surprise! I mean, surprise, surprise! We're drunk! <laughs> we are your weekly podcast, bringing you stories and tales from the world of music. And this week, we are talking about Oasis. Yay! The band. The Britpop band. They don't exist anymore. Oh, really? They're, like, totally dead? Oh, yeah, no. Oh, but we'll get to Noel that. Oh, Noel has his own thing going now, oh, doesn't yeah, he? Oh, yeah, Noel, yeah, no. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot. I mean... I'm not going to lie, this has been a very behind-the-music-esque episode, because while the music is fun and important and all that stuff, wow. <laughs> wow, guys. <laughs> the drama is so much more than the band itself and their music, yeah. I think. Yeah. Everybody knows Oasis because the Noel, or the, the Noel brothers, <laughs> the, Gallagher the Gallagher brothers, brothers. just fought. That's all, the all they did. All the time. All the time. It's they no exaggeration. No exaggeration. 
and uh, here telling you the story of Oasis are your hosts. I'm Maggie. I'm Ashley. Yeah. I almost forgot about that. Yeah. But I didn't. <laughs> and we don't fight like the Gallagher brothers, so we're not going to be nearly as interesting Thank as they God. are. God. Yeah, right? That's kind of what I was thinking recently is, as shitty as things have been this summer, I have one consolation. I was never in Oasis. <laughs> because, woof. <laughs> The shit that I mean, you had to go through to be an oasis. You can kind of apply that to anything. You know, I just broke up with my boyfriend of 10 years, but you know what? I've never been an oasis. Right? Like, oh, you know, I just, my car broke down and it's broken forever and I don't have enough money to get a new one. But you know what? At least I've never been an oasis. Yeah. I just got fired and my cat died and I have syphilis, but you know what? Never been an I've oasis. Never been an oasis. Boom, 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 boom. Fireworks. Yes. Shots. Shots. That's shots. 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 That's all you need to yeah. know. I hope that that will get you guys through any hard times. Just think. Never been an no, oasis. Never been an oasis. Like seriously, though. From what I have researched, shit sounds stressful. But you know who can't say that? Who? Oasis. <laughs> and I'm so sorry. <laughs> There's been a lot of oasis, by the way. You might think it's only been five people. Oh, no. Oh, really? Oh. Oh, no. Band turnover. Get ready for just a rotating oh, crop of God. Brit rockers that just filter through the Oasis vector. Yeah, and are just sick of the Gallagher's bullshit. <laughs> They're like, I don't, I don't fuck with you. <laughs> that song is really appropriate for most of the members of Oasis. Like, okay. They definitely get to a point where they're like, I don't give a fuck. I don't, I don't give a fuck. I don't <laughs> give a fuck. I don't. I don't give, give a, a fuck, fuck about, about Oasis. <laughs> they d- they don't. Or the and Gallagher's. I, basically. I don't. I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. But uh, yeah, yeah. There's that. Mm. And uh, may I introduce you all to our beverage of the night? Our beverages, because we had two. Yes. Firstly, we have from Half Full Brewing, Supernova. Because <laughs> then we also have. Champagne. <laughs> Which is from Corbell, the $13 the bottle. I, I splurged and got $13 bottle. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the kind of life we're living now, guys. We have graduated to the $13 bottle champagne. We're living that Corbell life. We're not, living... Not that Andre life. No, no. We've, we have... I think even taste bud-wise, we have gotten to a point where we shouldn't have to drink Andre. Because I don't think I can. I mean... I don't see much of a difference between Andre and the thirteen dollar bottle, oh, but no, there is a huge difference between this and Andre. I mean, I will feel the difference tomorrow morning when I don't wake up hungover. Because mm, Andre is like an instant hangover. I also would drink an entire bottle of Andre like I was drinking a oh. baby drinking a bottle. Yes, because it just it just went down real smooth. That cold duck. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yes. Uh, also talking about the beer, because beer is important. <laughs> not just champagne. We don't, we're not a champagne podcast. If only. Oh my God. That would be a bougie fucking podcast that no one would fucking listen to. Or everyone would fucking listen to. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, this is a great beer. It is a beautifully red, simple sour. It radiates from the cosmos as a slightly tart yet surprisingly drinkable offering. That's what it says on the can, anyway. That's cute. Actually, no, it, it is It is a really good. It's a great sour. It's a perfect summer it's, beer. No, it's really good. That is definitely a sippable session sour. Mmm. Ooh. The alliteration This alone. fucking champagne's making me all bougie. Yeah, her picky is up. And it is up hard. 
And also, I uh, like to cite uh, many sources. I've watched uh, a couple documentaries, namely the Oasis Supersonic on Netflix. Oh. Highly suggest- it's on Netflix, yeah. Who knew? And it really covers mostly... No, not mostly. It covers the band from its origins up until their peak. Peak, peak in 1996. Because there is a definitive time that they peaked. Is that's is that after or during What's the Story Morning It's Glory? after What's the Story Morning okay. Glory. So, yes, it's after Wonderwall. I mean, as most people probably assume. Yeah, I was thinking earlier uh, before we started recording, I wonder how many times we're going to say... Anyway, here's, here's Wonderwall Wonder <laughs> in this episode. We yeah. haven't said it yet. But just we now. just did. But we just did. We did. Here so we there's are. one. Yeah. I mean, we could maybe start drinking. Everybody game. gets one. And we're going to get more But than we're going to get like 20. So get ready. I mean, let's be honest. That's really what most people know Oasis for. Wonderwall? Or the, anyway, here's Wonderwall meme. Wonder Wonderwall itself. Okay. Yeah. 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 Although that's how kids know about Wonderwall or Oasis is the Wonderwall meme. Yes. Right, so let's get into the story of Oasis, because the drama is real. One of the biggest bands of our generation, Oasis made a huge mark on rock music back in the 90s and altered its course forever. We probably wouldn't have had half the bands that we have today if it weren't for this group. They were highly influential. And while their music is great and body of work impressive, they are also just as well known for being one of the most argumentative and dramatic bands to ever exist. We're here for the drama. And I love the drama. <laughs> but I do. We're definitely Lolos right now from oh, Big Mouth. We're Loloing real hard for this episode. Very much. To be honest, the fighting between bandmates was something that both made this group what it was and made them fascinating to follow. Oasis has seen its fair share of members pass through, all of them contributing to the music in their own right. But at the end of the day, the band really comes down to the Gallagher brothers. Noel and Liam are responsible for the sound and substance that made their band the worldwide phenomenon that it was. They're also responsible for why it no longer exists. They are their own worst enemies. Yeah. They, they're the reason Lit exists. Lit, actually, my own worst enemy is just about the Gallagher brothers. It is. Lit was really influenced by Oasis. They really were. <laughs> for their one hit. Yes. That one hit. That one hit they had. It was just all, it's all about Oasis. And I'm going to just say this right now. That uh, I'm going to call Noel Noel. <laughs> It's gonna happen. I was called out. It is your name. I was called out for the Jimi Hendrix episode, so I should apologize to Noel Redding for continuously calling him Noel Redding. However, my maiden name slash soon to be just like my last name is Noel, but it's spelled exactly the same as N-O-E-L because that's how you say Noel. That's how you spell it. That's how you say it. That I know is how you like say an... it in the Christmas sense. And Every there's... time I've seen it as a name, it's been N-O-E-L-L-E. Yeah. So that's... it's definitively Noel. That's how my niece is spelled, so. Right. Yeah. So. We're all very proud of our last name in my family, apparently. <laughs> when you have a name that gets mispronounced constantly, you get really fucking proud of it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. know exactly how you feel. Right. I'm like, no, it's Noel. It's not Noel. It's not Noli. It's Noel. Goddamn Christmas. It's easy. Yeah. And then someone Jewish comes along and I'm like, I'm sorry. It doesn't. You can say it however you want. <laughs> it's fine. Well, none of the Gallagher boys had an easy upbringing. Their parents were Irish immigrants who moved to Manchester before they began having children. 
before Noel, there was his older brother, Paul. And later down the line would There's come- There's more of them? Yeah, yeah. Paul is their oldest. Oh, boy. And then five years after Noel is Liam. Oh. Oh, Liam's older? No, Liam's younger. So it's Paul and then Noel. And they're like a year, maybe two years apart. And then, and then Liam. Liam is okay. five years younger than okay, Noel. Okay, okay. okay, gotcha. Yep. By the time the boys were born, work was scarce in Manchester, where the industrial boom just dropped out of existence. This meant hard times for the Gallaghers, which were only made harder by their father, Thomas, who took up a hobby of being an alcoholic and beating his family. You don't say. Good times had by all. Except not. Yeah. By the 80s, their mother, Peggy, had enough and acquired a legal separation from Thomas. One day, she took the boys, had them pack up the home, and left their abuser without ever looking back. Good for her. Right? She wasn't taking that shit. She's an Irish tough lady. Yeah. We don't take shit. You want to know what? I'm pretty sure she left it saying, I don't give a fuck about you or anything that you do. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. I don't 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 give give a fuck. fuck. I'm pretty sure she was singing that on her way out. That's where they got the song from. That's where the song came from. That's the the song's about the Gallagher's mother, Peggy. Noel is the middle child and was always viewed as the weird one in the family. Well, yeah, he is the weird one. Yeah, but... A weird, the weird one in a family of weird ones. Yeah, yeah, they're all, they all got their things. He got in trouble a lot, so he would spend a lot of his time being grounded in his room, where he decided if he was going to have so much downtime, he might as well do something useful with it. Well, at least he's resourceful. Well, he picked up a guitar and taught himself how to play. Good for him. Right? All right. You're resourceful. That's cool. It was good because school held absolutely no interest for Noel. He was a habitual truant. Well... All the Gallagher boys were, mm-hmm. and would get into some pretty illegal activities like robbing corner stores or breaking and entering. You know, kid stuff. <laughs> By 15, he was kicked out of school and started to work construction jobs to help support his family. Meanwhile, what construction company is hiring a 15-year-old? I don't know. What year it was is like this? the what 80s. Year is it was the 80s in this Manchester. Is fucked up. Manchester, we need words. I don't know. We what need else to is have he going to fucking do? Because, like, he figured at this rate in his life he was either going to be a drug dealer or a musician. So, good thing he found the construction work. I suppose. But throughout all of this... I mean, he he sort of became both anyway, so... Maybe not the drug dealer, but he did drugs. He was a a drug drug user. Drug taker. He was a drug participator. Indeed. Mm, Yes. Indeed. Quite. (laughs) Meanwhile, he was still practicing his guitar throughout all of this because he was taking the music real seriously. Good news for Noel, spoiler for us, the musician thing panned out. He would frequently go out to live shows where he became friends with a band called Inspiral Carpets. Excuse me? Yeah, I don't know. Inspiral Carpets. It sounds like a carpet store. (laughs) It's not. Was he just playing with a carpet store? (laughs) He just went to the carpet store and made friends with carpets. (laughs) The employees are really into carpets. Well, I'm going to go over here and make friends with these carpets now. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. He was the weird one. He was. Yep. It, it was It was just carpet store employees. Yep. It really was. It's the whole thing. This is a lie. He just <laughs> made friends with the carpet oh, store. Oh, this is just carpet stores. <laughs> Guys, our lives are a lie. Anyway, so he hits it off with this band so well that they asked him to be a part of their road crew where he traveled with them for about two years. Installing carpets. Installing carpets <laughs> around England. <laughs> Quite. He just didn't want people to know that he installed carpets. Anyway, he- here's Wonderfloor. 
Anyway, here's Berber carpets. <laughs> Berber carpets. Oh. Meanwhile, Noel's little brother Liam was also getting up to his own mischief. As he was the youngest, he didn't qu- experience quite the same level of abuse of abuse as his brothers, but he definitely had his share of traumatic events. No means do I mean to downplay his shit. One could argue that his abuse may have contributed to his personality trait of being a complete antagonizer, especially when it came to Noel, whom he had to share a room with. He would frequently get into fights at school, getting himself suspended many times, and he had a penchant for stealing anything he could carry. Sometimes he would just take bicycles off the street and ride them away. <laughs> like, oh, thanks, it's for me. All right, then. The fucking balls on the this fucking, kid. Oh, the fucking balls on Holy Liam Gallagher. shit. How can he walk? How you, can he sit on that I bike? I don't know how he sat balls. on that bike. That fucking I don't bike. know. They just, like, kicked the fucking they pedal. They dragged on the floor. He kicked his own balls he as he was trying to his, pedal away. Yeah, that's how he pedaled away. It was kicking his balls. Because they were so fucking massive. <laughs> This fucking kid. <laughs> Liam never really had a thing for music until he grew up a little bit. He was more of a sports type guy. Yeah. Sports. Sports. That was his thing. But he claims the event that changed him was in high school. While when hanging out with some of his mates, someone came from behind him and hit him in the head with a hammer. A like, ha- what? Yeah, like a claw hammer. Yeah, there was like blood everywhere and all that. Ooh. Wait, wait. He has no did it. Wait, I need antics, context. Antics between mates. I don't know. I have is no idea. Is this how they do things in England? Yes. This is how you have like Have you been to a house? soccer game? I'm sorry. Have you been to a football game? No, I haven't. Neither but I. I have seen things. Yes. I have seen Green Street hooligans. I understand. Right. So that's what, yeah. Except- Getting in the ha- head with a hammer is just a taking the piss. It's a bit of crack. Sorry, <laughs> I, I got a little... Irish That's there. rough. Yeah. It's really rough. It's not a good time. Boys are weird. Boys do weird <laughs> shit. Girls just like, you know, mentally attack each other for years and years and destroy each other psychologically. Women just psychologically break you down over a series of uh, decades. Yeah. Until you get to the point where you're like, who am I as a person? Yeah. Why am I on this earth? And, you know. Yeah. I mean, like, at least like men just have to deal with like physical head trauma. We're relentless. All right. So after that. Liam had this great desire to get into music, and he became infatuated with bands like The Who, The Kinks, but especially The Beatles. Dude fucking loves Lennon. Oasis was influenced by The Beatles? No. I know that's surprising. No. Lies. He discovered he had a talent for singing and decided he really wanted to start a band. And so when his school friend, Paul McGeegan, asked him to be the front man of theirs, he jumped at the chance. The band was called The Rain, but Liam was like, nah, nah, bro. That, rain, that name sucks. Yeah, it kind of does. Pretty much immediately told them that they should change it to Oasis after he was looking at an Inspiral Carpets tour poster that mentioned the Oasis Leisure Center as a venue. You mean that's where they just put in wall-to-wall carpeting? <laughs> <laughs> wall-to-wall carpeting here at the Oasis Leisure Center? This is a... Lie that just steamrolled so hard. <laughs> it's lieception, goddammit. So the only problem with Oasis was that they weren't very good. Liam and Paul were the primary songwriters, and their skills were a bit weak. It also didn't help that they only practiced once a week and barely got any gigs. Liam knew that they were going to need a drastic change if they were going to go anywhere. 
Luckily for the boys, Noel was fired from his gig with the Inspiral Carpets. He was fired from the carpet store. Noel was fired from the carpet store. He fucked up a carpet. You can't he did. do he, that, he man. He spilled wine all over a white carpet. It was awful. Well, it's like faux pas number one. Well, apparently they found him to be unprofessional and hard to approach. And honestly, that's, no. that's a fair read of this guy. No. Real fair read. I bet he, he is, was nothing but a gentleman. He is. At the oh. carpet store. <laughs> <laughs> he can be a gentleman at a carpet store. <laughs> anyway, here's Wonderwall. Two. The two mean references. <laughs> Liam approached his brother and asked him to join up with Oasis. Or perhaps Noel begged Liam if he could join their band. No. No begged Liam. Did I say Noel? You did. I did it. You did it. Drink. <laughs> Drink when we meme. Drink when I say Noel. <laughs> they're both going to happen a lot, kids. I'm sorry. This is a drinking game episode. Perhaps Noel begged Liam if he could join their band because both brothers tell a different story and they tell it they differently do. every fucking time. I cannot tell you how many documentaries and interviews I have read and watched that every time they tell the story, it's different. Why there does is, it even matter? There is no straight story. I also think they just have a hard time remembering things. Probably. But honestly, probably half of the disagreements they have about the band are because they just don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they just find one thing and they're like, no, this is how it happened. But also I'm going to change my story the next time somebody asks me right? about it. That's pretty much how that goes. Either way, Noel joined on the condition that he was the sole songwriter. And the boys were all too happy to give him that responsibility. And success was quick to follow from there. Mm. He didn't come to the table empty handed either. In between the years of high school and going on tour with the Inspiral Carpets, Noel ended up writing a few songs that would become a part of Oasis's discography. Noel rearranged how the band sounded, simplifying what everyone was playing, but giving all the guitarist chords that struck real hard when they all played together. So it just was this real, like, wall of sound kind of thing. Yep. Lots of bar chords and root bass notes, really. They leaned into that pop rock sound instead of that grunge sound that was popular at the time. Weren't they really inspired by the Stone Roses, too? Yep. Yes. Yeah, and actually. Stone Roses, to me, are like quintessential Brit, Brit rock. Pop. Brit yeah. pop rock. Yeah, yeah. Noel actually became friends with one of the members of the Stone Roses. Mm -hmm. I don't remember which one, but he met him, I think, at an Inspiral Carpet show. <laughs> or did he meet the Inspiral Carpets at a Stone Roses show? Either way. He ended up being on pretty friendly terms with the Stone Roses. Yeah. So that was nice. They're a really good band. They're a real good band. Good for you, Noel. The band got serious about rehearsals and after only two months of practicing, decided they were ready for the stage. Of course, a new local band with no buzz. Gigs were not easy to come by. They started off taking a spot at any pub or dive that they could get. It took about two years for Oasis to get themselves a small following and local popularity. But they were hungry for more than little kernels of fame. So they kicked it up a notch with a gig in Glasgow that has a wishy-washy story that, again, no one really tells it right because everyone has a different way of how it happened. I'm starting to see a pattern. Oh, this is a pattern throughout all of Oasis. Wishy-washy is the pattern of Oasis. Yeah. Which, which is, it's accurate. appropriate. Yeah, it is appropriate. Appropes. Legend goes they went to perform a gig at King Tut's Wawa Hut. <laughs> Y'all let you sit on that. Oh, my God. Yep. Let you sit on that. 
<laughs> Why, Britain? Why? They have the weirdest names for places. Why? I love it. I but it's great. It. But why? But mm. also, don't tell me because I want the mystery. Oh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't look into the mystery. I like it. No, yeah, I like the I mystery. Like that. No, no, yeah. I'm but also, the why? But also, but don't tell me. Also, why, why, why? <laughs> well, so they went with another band that they were pretty friendly with. They shared a rehearsal space called the Sister Lovers from Manchester. Only thing was, Oasis wasn't on the bill. When they arrived, the club owners denied them entry and attempted to turn them away. So the sister lovers were on the bill, but Oasis was not. And the sister lovers were like, fuck it, whatever, come on. Wait, so did... Wait. So... Was it just a mistake? So, no. Basically, Oasis like, we're going to just show up and we're going to play. Oh, sure. Well... The balls. Many... Again, like, the they balls. are just pedaling their bicycles <laughs> with their balls. They are so big. Because now, many people have different ways of explaining how Oasis managed to get themselves in, but one of the more popular is that Noel threatened to burn the club down, and that made them give in. <laughs> I bet... Uh, I bet Noel probably says that's no, what happened and, and no and and he might have actually threatened it but i don't sure. know if that's what made them get in i doubt it another story is that oh this guy is threatening to burn this club down yeah let him in, let him in. Let him yeah play. no this that doesn't fine. work that way no 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 honey no well another story is that sister lovers member debbie turner threatened that if oasis doesn't play they don't play i bet that's probably the story eh, there's like 30 other in between so I'm sure the truth lies in between those two. Somewhere. I don't fucking know. Again, like you just, you'll, you you'll take, never know. You take a little from this story and yep. a little from this story and a little bit from another story and eventually you have the truth. Maybe. Maybe. Either way, Oasis played that night. The owners gave them the opening slot and they ended up being one of the most popular acts of the night. Bitches went crazy for well, them. Good for them. Right? And not only did they impress the general audience, they also managed to impress co-owner of Creation Records, Alan McGee, who is known for acts like Jesus and the Mary Chain and My Bloody Valentine. Oh. Mm. Well, shit. Right? After the show, Alan approached Oasis and offered them a record contract right off the bat. Right? This was like the, this was like the beginning of the end of the era where you could play, your band could play at a club and like an A and R person could be there scoping out new bands to sign to their label. Yep. Like, not long after this, people didn't do that anymore. Well, because soon after this, the internet was a thing. The internet, the fucking internet. internet changed everything. MySpace, MySpace mm. changed everything. Now, like Bandcamp, do people still use Bandcamp? Oh yeah. Okay. They very much still All use right. Bandcamp. Good for you, Bandcamp. It was May of '93, and they had only been playing for two years. Considering these guys had some impressively large egos, um, this only made them more impressive. I was just going to say, I feel like their onstage dynamic probably had a lot to do with oh, them yeah. getting signed Yeah, so yeah. Liam is very much a I don't give a fuck kind of performer. I don't but, give a fuck. I, 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 don't, I don't give, give a, a fuck. fuck. But also... <laughs> I didn't realize how appropriate that song was until just yeah, now. Yeah. Good thing we thought of that before we started recording. Right? When it came time to start doing the contracts... Noel said he wanted to be in his that they would purchase him a Rolls Royce when they quote unquote became big rock stars. Oh, fuck off. They did. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. They'll probably be like, yeah, fuck this guy. And then they're like, ooh, they're big rock stars. I guess we better give him that Rolls Royce we promised him. Also, Rolls Royce? British thing. British thing. 
when I think Rolls Royce, I think Liberace. No, I think Liberace. Ooh, he's kind of old. He, he's bless Liberace's heart. I think but he's that Rolls Royce. he's wonderful, but <laughs> I think ha- like having the Rolls Royce related to Liberace dates it. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, especially in the '90s, and not in a cool way. Yeah, especially in the '90s, I feel like there were more. Th- more things, more cars that were um, more more status qualifying. That doesn't make any sense, but you know what I'm talking about. Cars. Cars. Huh. I, I don't know shit about cars. I've also had a lot of champagne. I you have. I don't know words. You're in a champagne supernova right now. <laughs> Fuck off. Anyway, Shut up. <laughs> you're champagne supernova. Okay, so they're pretty big they're pretty big headed and spoiler that doesn't really change, but credit where credit is due. They earn it. Once all the paperwork was in order, Oasis was went into the studio to work on some singles. Well, Noel definitely worked. The others were still a little immature and may have spent a little more time drinking and partying than recording, but like whatever, mm-hmm. they made it work. They still managed to get it done. Within one day, they wrote and recorded their first single, Supersonic. I'm sorry, one day? One day. One day. One day. Good for them. Just one. For Supersonic. Noel claims that he wrote it in about an hour while the rest of the band ate takeout. Huh. Which could be possible. Noel is a very talented songwriter. Mm-hmm. And that shit blew up. It hit number 31 in the UK and number 11 in the US. Really? Yeah. I don't why? really remember Supersonic that well. Why I listen to it I... and I know it, but... Why can I not, like conjure it in my head right I now i can't really sing it but when I you know hear it you're song. like oh yeah it's yeah I... like a guitar thing at the beginning that, <laughs> that doesn't is describe anything so helpful thank you so much. have guitars <laughs> it's a song and has guitars in it and it, uh, it's got the intro you know and that it's got one. the singing with the drums yep yep that's the song got it oh good totally understand yep. what you're talking about god now. damn it <laughs> And it wasn't long after that that they went on a UK tour and released a couple more singles, including Shaker Maker, a song that got Oasis sued by Coca-Cola. They claimed that the melody and lyrics were lifted from the new Seeker song, I'd Like to Teach the World to Sing, which was used in that I do remember that. I like to teach Teach the the world world to sing. (laughs) Meow, 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 meow. Those are the words. I believe it's just Cats after that. I I believe it's just a remake of the Cats musical. But they're going to throw that song in there. Wait, is it like reminiscent of a cat song? No, I'm just oh, being an okay. asshole. Oh, wait, no, now I remember the words. Words. I like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. That's it. Yeah. That's all I remember. That's. I had a Christmas music box that uh, oh, that's played that cute. song. And it had little polar bears that when you wind it up and it plays a song, they slide down onto a pond. Oh, it's Coca-Cola. Because the commercial is just a bunch of fucking schmucks singing that song holding bottles of Coca-Cola. Yeah, that was the 70s commercial. But yes. this music box was after they had the polar bears as their mascots. And they did a shit ton of commercials with the polar bears. I do like the polar, polar bears. Polar bears. But having to pay $500,000 in damages from the suit wouldn't stop the height for their debut album. Definitely, maybe. Drop in the bucket. Drop in the bucket. It was released on... August 29th, 1994. Definitely Maybe was released August 29th, 1994. Not Drop in the Bucket. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely sounded like in my head, like it sounds like I'm saying that and it's wrong. The album from a band 
who no one talked about the year before, and entered the UK charts at number one within a week of its release. Holy shit! Becoming the fastest selling debut album in the UK at that time. Wow. They have a lot of at that times. So get ready for that. You know, when I did my Madonna episodes... There were a lot of at, at that, that times, time. which I was like, you know what? I'm not going to put this in because it was just an at that time. It 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 was smashed like 10 years later. So. Oh, well, I put I the at gonna... that times because I'm a No, jerk. that's fine. No, that's fine. I want to make sure they know it was just at that time, honey. No, but it's... It, it, is, it is significant. At the time, it was significant. Right? So it makes sense. And of course, what does a successful album release mean? That's right, kids. A tour. Yay. Oasis immediately dove into that rock star lifestyle, complete with debauchery, drugs, booze, and hotel trashing. They figured if they wanted to truly be rock and roll, they had to act like it and didn't let anyone stop them from having a good time. Um, No one bothered to stop them, so. That's true. No one bothered. Yeah, they really didn't. They're like, lovable scamps. You know what? This reminds me of when I was touring with Van Halen. Go ahead. Go ahead, honey. Yeah, kids. Just have break, fun. Though, just charge up all the hotel charges. Fucking, it's fine. Your tour manager was Joan Rivers. Oh, my God. That's the only accent I could do is Joan Rivers and Ray Romano. See, it wasn't hard for Oasis, specifically the Gallagher brothers, to truly believe that they were the best band in the world. Once they started hearing the masses claim it, they took it and ran with it. Did they ever say that they were better than Jesus? They said they were bigger than God. And uh, then get a, which get I feel like, fucking Which I feel like is even a step up from saying you're better than Jesus. It is, but by the 90s, I think we stopped caring. I mean, good for Good for Nope. Good, good for, for us. us. Good for us. That's a fucking win for us. <laughs> because it doesn't fucking matter if you say you're better than matter. Jesus. Get it doesn't fucking yourself. matter. But so, also, it fucking weirds me out that the Beatles could say something like that, and they're, everyone's like, oh, that's bad, but okay, it's the Beatles, it's fine. But then Terrence Trent Darby says it in the 80s, and his career is ruined. That's fair. But also, like, I think he was wrong, too. He wasn't better than anybody. <laughs> However, his career didn't need to just come to a straight fucking halt. Right, right. That's not why his career needed to come to a straight fucking halt. He just needed to be stopped, period. Honey. Um, no. You're he, cute. I think he could have had a really great career, but... Racists. Hmm. That's just my take on it, but whatever. Hot takes. So, on one of the first international stops, they were taking the ferry to Holland, and on it, there was apparently a small casino and bar that the band was frequenting. Getting progressively drunker and starting a bit of trouble. At one point, Liam started a fight and was spotted running around the ferry, just causing mayhem. I thought you were going to say naked. I mean, <laughs> and I'm like, here for it. Yeah. He, no, <laughs> you know what? Real quick hot take. Everyone said that Liam was the cute Gallagher brother. No, I think Noel's cuter. I don't think either of them are cute. Well, like, hold on. Gun to your head. I got to pick. It's going to be Noel. It's not going to oh, be Liam. Oh, gun to my head. It's going to be Liam. No, Liam's unibrow is insane. Like, Noel's isn't great, but, like, Liam's is, like, he has, like, a weird middle brow. Some people can rock a unibrow. Neither of them could. No, no one can rock a unibrow. No, no one can rock a unibrow. We will talk about this later. I'm going to say some people can rock a unibrow. However... None of the Gallagher brothers can do it. Oh, no. No, no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. 
But also, I guess, like, respect for not feeling like you have to get rid of your unibrow. But also, I guess at the same time, gun to my head, I don't give a shit. Just don't shoot me. I will say, <laughs> I will say so either one. Either I will brother. sleep with either one. It I doesn't like, fucking matter. I feel like Noel would be a little bit more of a giver than Liam. A little bit more. Not a lot more, but a little bit more. Because you know what? What? Noel eats carpet. <laughs> he did work at the carpet store. Oh my god, you're so proud. You're too proud of that. You're too proud of that. Fuck. All right, (laughs) bringing it back to the fucking story. The trip ended in half the band getting arrested and then just sent back to England, forcing their manager. Wait, they deported them? Oh, immediately. (laughs) On landing, you're going straight back to fucking England. That's amazing. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. So that forced uh, Alan McGee's hand to cancel the show. Oh. Yeah. So. But hey, they're already starting it. Reputation. They, they they don't give a damn about the reputation. They don't give a fuck, but also they don't give a fuck. They they don't give a fuck, but also, you know, having that kind of reputation gets gets the word of mouth going. Oh, it does. And I'm gonna tell you right now, the antics did not stop outside of Europe. When the boys got to the U.S., the drugs only got harder. Okay, good news: no heroin. Bad news. Our streak is strong. It's done. We're still three yes. episodes deep. We're still three episodes deep for no heroin. Wait, isn't this number four? No, no, no. It's three because Jimi Hendrix definitely did some oh, heroin. For fuck's sake, Sorry. Jimmy! God damn it! He didn't inject it, but I think he like you know smoked it. I don't know. How else do you? Do I've it? never done heroin. I don't, I don't know. know heroin. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know her. <laughs> we Mariah Carey heroin real hard. We really do. Though. We don't know her. We don't know her. But the bad news is they were accidentally given meth, which they thought was cocaine. <laughs> what? Right? How are you accidentally I don't know. given I don't know. meth? According to Noel in the Oasis Supersonic <laughs> documentary, he says, we were given meth, we thought it was cocaine. Is that kind of like when... Um, but you know what? Maybe he's wait, lying. I don't know. Is that kind of like when uh, Vince Neil was like so good and sober and then he goes to record with... Uh, the rest of Motley Crue, and Nikki Six tells him to like take some fucking drugs, and it's he snorts heroin. Maybe, probably because he thought it was a uh, crap or uh, definitely coke. maybe. He thought it was he. Th- <laughs> fuck off. Ha-ha! Anyway, here's Wonderwall. Ha ha. Three. Well, okay. So Liam ended up doing it again before a show that they were doing at the Whiskey a Go Go, and the show was a bit of a mess. Liam was so out of it. And he just would stop singing. And then he made a few offensive remarks about the states to the crowd. And he hit Noel. In the, he hit Noel. Oh. I did it again. <laughs> you did it. I, he hit Noel in the head with a tambourine. I remember this. <laughs> oh, yes. I remember yeah. this. Yeah. I believe this was covered on MTV News by Kurt Loder. Oh, I bet it was. God Indeed. bless Kurt Loder. God bless Kurt Loder. After the show was over, Noel was so upset he decided to take a plane to San Francisco and he left Oasis. Like quit? Yep. The first of many band members to do that for the first of many times. Aww. This is a pattern. Avi, Noel came back pretty soon after the incident and they finished up the tour. Though he may have come back, original drummer Tony McCarroll was not to stay in his position and he was replaced with Alan White. See, the rest of the band found his talents with the drums a bit lacking. Mm-hmm. No, it was a bit lacking. I'm not going to use upper inflection. It was lacking. He was not good. He wasn't bad. Like, he was... <laughs> he wasn't great. He, he was good for, like, a cover band, maybe? 
but he had a hard time keeping up with the music as it became more complex, so they asked him to leave. I mean, you could say Oasis is just a Beatles tribute band, but you didn't hear that from me. She sips her champagne beer. (laughs) Even though they were finishing up the recording of their sophomore album, they would still lose bandmates, with bassist Paul McGuigan stepping away due to nervous exhaustion. That's what it's like to be around the fucking Gallagher brothers. Nervous exhaustion. Oh my God. They caused anxiety in humans. Yes. Yes. That's crazy. And of course, when he left and he was like, I'm just nervously exhausted. Like, oh, fuck you. I am fucking exhausted all the time. I fuck you. And they just made fun of him and gave him the piss. So they had him replaced with Scott McCloud from the Yayas. I don't know if anyone's heard of them, but the Yayas. Wait. Yaya. I'm sorry. It's the Yayas. Okay, because I was going to be like... Not the yeah yeahs or the yeah yeah yeahs I was going to say the the, It's not the yeah yeah yeahs It's the yeah Okay. The yeah have it. Very different bands. Very different bands. <laughs> Very different bands. But he wasn't to last either, leaving while they were touring the U.S. in the fall of 95. Apparently, he was, like, sad and lonely and missed his girlfriend. You know what's actually very sad is that I had no idea they even switched around musicians this much. Oh, yeah. No idea. Because the Gallagher brothers took up so much fucking spotlight. Yeah. Well, here's the fun kicker. Oasis goes back to Paul McGuigan and convinces him to come back. Then Scott says he made a mistake leaving the band, tries to come back, and Noel wishes him luck getting unemployment. (gasps) Yup. What a dick. But also, too, like, don't leave the band and then be like, mm, I'm real sore, can I come back and play? And he's like, no, we fucking you got know, Alan back. Because you know the Gallagher brothers are going to be like, mm, Or we got Paul back. You. Yeah, it, it's the Gallagher fucking Gerb brothers. Gallagher fucking Gerb brothers. You know they're going to tell you, go fucking sew it off, eh? That's what they're going to do. Because they're the Gallagher's. All the same, the album What's the Story Morning Glory was released October 2nd, 1995. Critics were mixed on their more ballad-filled sound and epic choruses, but that didn't stop the album from becoming one of the biggest successes of UK music history. Yep. It didn't leave the top three of the charts for seven months. Don't Look Back in Anger is still one of the best uh, sing-along songs ever in existence. You know what? Not my favorite. I definitely, it's fine. I very much remember being in college. Yeah. And me and all of my sweet mates sitting in our common room screaming. Screaming. <laughs> Don't look back in anger and right. Wonderwall at the top of our lungs at about one o'clock in the morning. Don't look back in anger. I heard you say. Nice. And uh, getting in trouble for it. Yeah, because that's what happens when you live in a dorm. Because the people above us very much complain. I don't fucking like Oasis. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. (laughs) But honestly. Is that four? Four or five? Four. That was four. But honestly, Oasis has really been taken aback with the success of this one single and how it's managed to take on a life of its own, really. Yeah, they've had other singles, but I think this is the one, like I said earlier, that really pushed them to a whole new level of fame. This out. This will outlive the band. I mean, this has outlived the band, but it outlives the band. If you say Oasis immediately in your head, in your in your mind's eye, comes that black and white MTV video, and just 
today was gonna, gonna be the day that I'd never throw it back to you. By now, you should have somehow realized what you got to do. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. Yeah, immediately. Originally, it was thought to be about Noel's girlfriend, then wife, now ex-wife. But he says he wrote the song about an imaginary friend who is going to come and help you save you from yourself. I don't think that's true. He I don't wrote think his, any of it's true. He no, wrote it's it true. his girlfriend it's slash wife slash ex-wife. Yeah, but he doesn't like that that's a thing now. Now that they were hitting their peak, it was time to draw comparisons between Oasis and other Britpop sensation blur. Yep. Because of course. Y'all ready for this? It's Jock Jams, but Britpop. Initially, the bands had a mutual respect for each other, but tensions would eventually peak when their singles, Country House by Blur and Roll With It by Oasis, would hit the chart the same day. Oh. And it became this big race to the charts in Britain. Oi, the folk media loves this shite. Anyway, wow, I'm sorry. I'm the worst. You are full of English tropes. Vinegar and piss! No, you're full of English tropes today. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Piss and vinegar, that's it. (laughs) The media jumped on the opportunity to cover this juicy rivalry. Blur would end up beating out Oasis on the charts, and Noel would end up saying that he hoped the members of Blur would, quote, get AIDS and die. (laughs) What? Right? (laughs) actually i very much remember this playing out on mtv yeah like here's the deal out of the gallagher brothers noel is the more tolerable oh yes but comparing him to liam that's like saying like well i'm better than dog shit (laughs) i'm not saying liam's dog shit but i am just saying like it's like you don't have to try that hard to be better than liam it's like one of them's dog shit one of them's dog vomit which one's easier to clean up it is, sh- and it, but it can depend. It depends. It really depends. It really depends. That's a great analogy for the Gallagher <laughs> right? brothers. Well, so, all right. Noel eventually realized his faux pas, and he sent out a former apology to a bunch of publications. And actually, there would be a big continuing back and forth between the bands with a lot of bickering. But as Britpop faded out, so did the rivalry. And even in 2017... Noel worked with Damon Albarn on a gorilla single. Yeah, and I feel like they're, it they're was... actually totally friendly now. However, Liam still fairly hostile about everything because it's Liam. I feel like Liam's hostile about everything. It's, no, oh no, he is. Yeah, that's a that's a correct feeling to have. Liam just has problems and he yeah. wants attention. But um, I feel like the Oasis Blur rivalry was. Mostly manufactured. It was mostly manufactured was. and media driven, and like everyone really wanted that like Brit pop rivalry. The labels, bet- the labels the two- pushed it a lot too, actually. But I, I feel like they did that because it drummed up publicity. Oh, one hundred percent, and got record sales. Yeah. So I think for the most part, Blur and Oasis kind of had fun with it too. Yeah. So and like I said before we started recording, I'm not a huge fan of Blur. Right. I do like that one coffee and TV song with the video with the little milk cartons. They're so fucking cute. But I like Damon Albarn's work with gorillas gorillas way way better. better. I think it's deeper. I think it's well thought out. I think it's more musically complex. And honestly, not necessarily because of Damon Albarn, but because of everybody else. Yeah. By the beginning of 1996, 
Oasis was about to reach its zenith with a massively best-selling album and big events and tours right on the horizon. But right now, I need a refill before I can get into any more of their melodramatic antics. Don't fuck off, eh? We're back. (laughs) And we're back. So Oasis takes to Dublin as part of their world tour. It was an enjoyable night where they really felt the love of their motherland that was brought to shite when they were ambushed by their estranged father. (laughs) What? Yup. Oh, yeah. Thomas Gallagher showed up because he was paid by the tabloid (gasps) News of the World to attempt a reunion with them. the British tabloids. But seriously, fuck Fuck them all. Fuck them all. Upon seeing him, Noel made the decision to just walk right out with absolutely no interest in rekindling any relationship with his dad. You know what? Good for him. Right? Because he's at this point claiming, like, I don't have a father. I didn't have any father figure in my life. Fuck that. It's been decades. Yeah, he's over it. However... Liam couldn't help but to confront his father about the years of abuse. Of course. Eh, He's the younger. He didn't, I don't know. Full of the piss and vinegar we've been talking about. Before any real fight broke out, their father was escorted out of the hotel, but the tabloids still used what happened as a way to paint him as some sympathetic father that has been ignored and attacked by his sons. And it got Oasis, like, all this negative press, like, oh my god, how can you be like this to your dad? I'm Liz Lemoning, eye-rolling so hard yeah, right now. Yeah, I know now. you are, though. It's, it's pretty, wow. Actually, I felt that in my brain. Me too. Yeah. But yeah, so, and I mean, the tabloids were already all over them, so this was just, mm, sweet, delicious oh, they ate it meat up. that they wanted. The experience brought up a lot of tough feelings for both Gallagher brothers, understandably, that neither had time to reflect on as they were still in the midst of a massive tour year, and nothing would be as massive as their two-night performance at the Nebworth House in England in August 1996. Oh, is this what I think it is? No, probably not. A record-breaking outdoor concert in the UK at the time, they performed for a quarter of a million people that weekend, and in retrospect, both brothers said what an amazing set of shows those were, and maybe... It would have been better to just stop after that. They kind of knew that they had peaked. You know, it's 96. It's Britpop. Mm. They're fighting all the time. They're starting to lose band members. But they're doing really good. But it's like, you think about it, like, maybe we go out on top. And when they talk about it in the uh, documentary, they're like, you know, maybe that should have been the last night we did something. Because it was such a good night. And it was like, right on, like, the edge of... You know, you still had crazy festivals like that. I mean, you still have festivals, but Coachella and there's, whatever else, they're at Burning Man. Like, they're not like that. They're not they're an so, intimate They're so experience. commercialized. And, yeah. Everybody's Fire there. Festival. Be- every- <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's there because they're being paid to be there by some kind of sponsor. They're social media influencers, and they're not real people. Right. They're there because of social media or because they're sponsored by somebody. You want to feel like you're a part of something. And where everybody, of course, wants to feel a part of something. But back in the day, a festival was like, I heard this is going to be sweet. And you make it your own thing. Mm -hmm. When you go to things now, you look at Instagram the entire time. And you don't live in the moment. You live in everyone else's moment. You're there to be seen. Yeah. You're not there to experience. You're there to be seen. Yeah. 
But as we know, Oasis continued on. And as their popularity exploded, the corporate life of music making was wrapping itself around the band. It was becoming less about the music and more about the sales. Their egos were also exploding, and they genuinely felt they could do whatever they wanted. In interviews, they spoke freely about whatever and would still proudly claim that they were the best band in the world. Mm -hmm. There was even the time that Noel just freely started talking about drug use. Like, yeah, we use drugs. Everybody fucking uses drugs. You use drugs. You use drugs. This guy doesn't. He's not allowed to because I think he's their bodyguard. (laughs) But he's just like going on. He's like taking drugs as common as drinking a cup of tea. It was like, yeah, you know, whatever. And like the media had a fucking field day with it because it was still the 90s. Be like, oh, my God, nobody does drugs. What? Except everybody in the like, fucking 90s does even, drugs. Even, like, the British Parliament was pissed about it. And they're like, oh, oh, I don't know anyone does drugs. Nope. We don't all do drugs here at the British Parliament. Fucking prim-ass English Parliament. Yeah. And, of course, drugs and alcohol were second nature to a big-time rock band. And while everyone did partake, it really only seemed to affect Liam's ability to perform. Everyone else could go out there and do their shit. Liam couldn't. Liam couldn't hang. Liam couldn't hang. Liam was someone who genuinely thought he could hang, but really couldn't. And he couldn't. And he tried so hard. He took everything. He drank everything. He took everything. And he thought he could hang. And he could not. Right? It's like the one time I thought I could hang with Irish guys and try to keep up with them with whiskey. Guess what? Maggie can't hang. In America, we can out drink anybody. Not anybody. But a lot of people. Just about anybody. Most people. But... In I Ireland, think I could outdrink any woman. Oh, for sure. Okay. But. Not you, though. No. <laughs> but in Ireland. No. I don't know if you can outdrink. No. Anyone on whiskey. No. Because, honestly, we here in America don't really know a lot about really good whiskey. I mean, I think we're learning. We're learning. We're just, we're babies. We're babes. We're babes in the woods we when really it comes are. to whiskey. But we're trying. Ooh, we're trying. We're trying real hard. <laughs> we're getting there. Well, so back to Liam. Can't hang. He was getting to a point where he would just storm off stage in the middle of a show, which only left Noel to pick up the slack. And Noel's over here like, I don't fucking sing. I guess I'm going to have to fucking sing now. I mean, he sings some no. songs, but there's certain, there's, there are certain songs that he sings. Well, and that also was a result of the fact that his brother would storm off stage. He's like, well, I guess I have to fucking sing now. Yeah. So he got a little bit but more confident, which he, is good. I mean, there's at least one or two songs on almost all their albums yeah, that, that he'll sing Noel on. sings. But they're usually not the singles. I mean, Don't Look Back in Anger. He sang that true, song. True, 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 true. One of the most public viewings of this was when they performed on MTV Unplugged in 1996. This is what I think it is. <laughs> that is what you're thinking of. Uh, yay! Right before the show, Liam claimed he couldn't sing because he had a sore throat. <coughs> I got the black lung, pa. Noel didn't want to cancel the event, so Oasis went on without Liam, and Noel sung all the songs. Well, Liam wasn't too sick to sit in the audience, mm. drinking beers, mm-hmm. smoking cigs, and heckling his older brother the whole time. Yep. And boy, was it entertaining. Oh, my God. MTV was like... Oh, they ate that shit up. Oh, this is so rich. It was like the most delicious macaroni and cheese they've ever fucking eaten. It was so good. Oh, they talked about that shit for years. Yeah, they did. But I mean, it was really fucked up. It was great. I felt bad for Noel. I'm like, yeah, your brother is kind of a real dick. Yeah. Like, if Noel was just Noel and didn't have Liam, he'd be a dick. But Noel has Liam, which makes him look like a sympathetic character. 
he can't live without Liam. Otherwise, he's just a fucking dick. True. You know what? Noel's the dick. Liam's the balls. Just making that bicycle go. Yep. (laughs) Riding that bicycle called Oasis. There you go. Oh, my God. I just want a picture of a dick with testicles, (laughs) like, doing the pedals and just, like, Oasis on the bike. Yep. And that's... That's the Gallagher brothers. That is my that God. is Oasis in a in a meme, oh my, in a dr- but it, it's in a very accurate. Yeah. Wow. Liam would claim that he was resentful of Noel singing the songs. He said Noel was the songwriter, and it was I mean, now that he's also singing the songs. Then what's Liam supposed to do in the then band? He, then he should have fucking yep. performed. Yep. Yeah. At the show, yep. mm. and then it yep. Noel yeah would have yeah. The yeah, I know. Oh, I know. I get the oh logic. Oh, my God. I get the logic. I'm sure Noel even gets the logic. I think everyone gets the logic. Except but you know who for Liam. Get it? Yeah, Liam doesn't Liam get, doesn't get, doesn't it. get no. the logic. No, 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 no. When the rest of the band went for an American tour, he stayed behind and told them to just have Noel sing for them. But then oh, he ended he's up- Oh, he's a fucking baby? He's a fucking baby. But then, like, a few days later, he ends up joining him. Because, again, because Oasis. Because, of course. Because, of course, this is Oasis. All things kind of continued like that for a while. The Gallagher brothers read each other's throats an impressive amount. At one point on tour, Noel decided to quit the band again, but then, of course, came back a few weeks later because this is just what you do when you're in Oasis. You quit and you come back and you quit and you come back. Mm -hmm. Because that's just what you do. Because everything's fucked. With everyone nervous about the state of the Oasis, the whole band even staying together because there's been so much turmoil... The guys decided to get themselves back into the studio ASAP. In retrospect, everyone has kind of agreed it would have been better to take a year off so they could recharge. I mean, if you're stuck in a fucking cramped bus together on tour, then mm-hmm. what's the best thing to do to relieve that? Get stuck in a cramped studio together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good idea. It's good times. Yeah, they forced themselves to work on material way too soon. Yes. Oasis went to Abbey Road studio to begin sessions for the next album, because they're the Beatles. I mean, it was a bit of a slog <laughs> with rough recording sessions. And to add to the stress, Liam was arrested for cocaine possession oh. and had the tabloids all over him. Oh. Because the tabloids were always all over them, but, like, this was, like, mm, again. Like, did he get stopped or something? Yeah, he just ended up, like, he's just an idiot. He got caught with fucking cocaine. Idiot. Because he thinks he could just walk around freely with shit. He kind of can. No, no, he can, but... But want, I, I kind like, of feel like this may have been, like, a controlled bust. You know no, what I mean? No, he was just an idiot. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's always an idiot. No, it wasn't like a Jimi Hendrix thing. It was like, nah, he's just an idiot. All right. Yeah. Wrong he place, wrong get, time. No, he just would get into trouble. Because the thing is, when Liam went out, he would constantly start trouble. Of course. So, yeah, you're gonna you're going to get yourself caught in some shit. If you make yourself know Because you're an idiot. Because you're an idiot. Because you're the balls. Yeah. Because you're the balls in this dick and balls bicycle situation. <laughs> Seriously, he is. <laughs> you're not even the part that really does anything good. So. The media sensation surrounding Oasis was too much to bear, and everyone was feeling it. From the Gallagher brothers down to their medium staff. Everyone was beginning to feel like this big time rock star gig wasn't as fun as it used to be and began to push people who are close to the band away. Mm-hmm. Even their professional photographer, like the chick who followed them around to take pictures, would end up with tabloid people who would try to break into their apartment and be like, you're hiding them in here, aren't you? 
<laughs> hey, you're hiding them in here, aren't you? We know <gasps> you're hiding them. We gotta find them. Yeah, it's, that's how fucking crazy the fucking tabloids are. Despite outside pressures, their third album, Be Here Now, was released in August 1997. It was so highly anticipated that they sold 696,000 copies the first week. Oh my god. Right? It made it the fastest selling album in British history at the time. That's insane. Yeah. And to think how many units artists sell these days Mm. to make it to the top three spots compared to what was it 696,000 of people actually physically going to a record store and buying a record and buying buying a record as opposed to people who can just sit on their asses and click a button on their computer to buy something hey some of us do that it's fine. No, no, that's fine. But like people can do that now. You would think that it would be even more than that now. It's not. It's like 30,000. Huh. It's insane really how weird. big of a drop. So streaming and YouTube. And you can just fucking get it for free if you want to. Mm. Or you don't even have to buy it or download it. You can just stream it on Spotify or something. We should stop before I start that. sympathizing with Lars Ulrich. <sighs> I don't think either one of us can ever sympathize no, with Lars Ulrich. No, I can't. Like, that's a lie. Yeah, that's never going to happen. However, in the U.S., that album only managed to sell 152,000 copies the first week. It was a disappointment considering they expected to move around 400,000. It's probably good to note that uh, by this time in the 90s, though, Britpop's kind of seeing a decline. Oh, it was definitely by the late 90s, on the downhill. Yeah. Oasis was kind of the last thing. And really the pinpoint of that was this album. Because you know what was coming up now? New metal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was crawling in you my know what? skin. Them bodies were hitting the floor. I, I did it all for the nookie. I was really uh, doing the best I ever did. <gasps> you were Go- smacking. it. I got smacking. I'm still got smacking <laughs> it. All day, every day. All day, every day. Actually, despite it selling so well overall... Many of those sales were in the first few weeks, and many were disappointed to not get another, what's the story, Morning Glory album. Yeah. Because fans are weird. They've said it's the most sold album in secondhand music stores. Just be here now. Because people will be like, I don't like this, and they give it to secondhand music stores. Oh. Yeah. Whatever. They fucking got the original hype, so it's fine. In 1999, Oasis was revisited by an old friend in Tony McCarroll, who sued his former band for 18 million pounds. What? Saying he was owed his part of the contracted five-record deal with Creation. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of a... Uh, but was he on five albums? Yeah, well, he was part of that record deal. Right. And, that was, and he... the record deal was five albums, and he was part of that contract. So was he on all five albums? He was only on one. I don't know. It was tr- it was trying to be one of those precedent hmm. court cases where it's like, well, are you owed anything? Because you're expected to have something. But was he fired? Or yeah, he, he was fired. Because remember, they said you weren't a good enough drummer. Get the fuck out. Okay. Well, if he was fired, I can see where he has a case. Right. Well, they would eventually settle on five hundred and fifty thousand pounds. And Tony gave up on future royalties, which some are like, what are you fucking doing? But at the same time, I think Tony just wanted to kind of just sever his ties from the band completely. And this was a neat bow to throw on it. It was a pretty fucking convenient bow bow 
to throw Well, and I'm on sure it. once you see how fucking famous and rich they get, you're like, oh, I wish I was part of that group now. Right? But this legal bump didn't stop Oasis from feeling unstoppable. Still? Still? T- still. Wow. They can't stop, won't stop. Feeling unstoppable. They don't give a fuck. It's all that coke. Yeah. I mean, meth? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe what it is. Maybe meth. It's Not fine. sure. It's fine. They're still touring and still living the expected rock and roll lifestyle. And this is about the time when, you know, Noel makes the whole comment about the drugs and, hey, we all do it. The media flips out. Mm -hmm. But what was funny is not long after that, Noel found himself with massive stabbing pains in his chest. The doctor checked him and told him, hey, it's the drugs. And if you want it to stop, you're going to have to stop taking the drugs to avoid having this problem. This is his Stevie Nicks moment. This is his Stevie Nicks moment. This is when, like, Stevie Nicks' doctor was like, you need to stop. If you you do cocaine one more time, your nose is going to cave in. Yeah, because you have made yourself a giant hole in your cranium and you're shooting it straight into your brain. So if you keep doing it, you're going to kill yourself. Right. And then Noel is just like, you have like a giant hole in your heart and the cocaine's going straight to the hole in your heart? I don't know. Why not? Sure. It's getting there eventually. It is getting there eventually. So with that, Noel went out into his home in rural England and kicked the habit cold turkey. That must have sucked. Yeah, right? That's not fun. Although he's like, oh, it was a big, really big fucking deal. I just fucking went in and didn't do anything and just slept a bunch and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that must be nice. Yeah. You must not have had that bad of a habit. Well, he probably had people, nurses there to help him. Yeah, I mean, being rich helps you recover from shit. Mm-hmm. With his newly found drug-free life, Noel suggested that the band work on their next album. But... He wanted the caveat that no one was to drink or do drugs when they were in the studio. Oh, good luck doing that. But he especially wanted this with Liam, who was hesitant to go through with it. But actually, Liam's wife was the one who eventually swayed him into being like, yeah, do it. But not everyone was super on board with this new plan. Within a few weeks, founding members Paul Arthurs and Paul McGuigan had left Oasis it's not 100% clear if they decided that they just had enough of the stressful and controlling environment of the Gallagher brothers. It could be. Or if uh, they broke the sobriety rules and the Gallagher brothers kicked them out. That could be. Because again, you never get a straight story. It's probably a little it's, bit of it's both. a bit of both. I'm sure they were like, well, you know what? I'm fine with this. This left Noel to record a majority of their parts. Their places would eventually be taken over by Colin Jem Archer, of Heavy Stereo, and Andy Bell, who played guitar, not bass, but Liam decided he'd probably be able to figure it out. Sure, why not? Why not? Why not? During this time, their label, Creation Records, had folded, leaving Oasis no choice but to create their own label called Big Brother. But with the end of Creation Records came the end of their relationship with Alan McGee, their manager. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure it was all still pretty amicable at the end. But despite this mass exodus, Oasis managed to release Standing on the Shoulders of Giants in February 2000. I've never even heard of this album. It's it's fine. It's not anything really to write home about. Yeah. Even like the critics are like, meh. In order to avoid any legal issues this time around, Noel redid all of the rhythm guitar and bass parts himself before they hired new members. So really, it was only the three of them doing this album. Yeah. Yup. Despite toning down the drugs, getting married, having kids, the Gallagher brothers still had their tour life that frequently ended in fighting. One night, Noel said he was done with overseas touring and left again. Of course. Yup. 
And until they made their way back into Britain, Ireland, including a big event at the Wembley Stadium, did he come back. Mm-hmm. In 2001, they released the album Heathen Chemistry, which saw Liam's first song on an album, Songbird. It's a perfectly agreeable song. Mm-hmm. At this point, the band was obviously going for a more basic rock sound. I mean, how much more basic can you get? Well, I think they toned down a lot of, like, the strings and the epic chorals and things, and they just really kind of made it a little bit more simplistic, which okay. it was fine. Mm-hmm. I like Oasis. But <laughs> I'm not like, blown away yeah, by Yeah, but Oasis. I've never been blown away by them. I don't think anybody ever has been. Well, I, know, I just... think they must have been because they sold a lot of records. But when they came out, it was vastly different than the grunge thing that we have had shoved down our throats for like you know six seven years right it was definitely like the obvious next step yeah from grunge and everybody was ready for another uh british invasion look i was too busy um being a freak on a leash yeah by this point i was too busy following the leader i was bawing i was being a dragula i was too busy um Searching for UFO pants. Oh my god. And Jenkos. Hell yeah. It's and good shit. Buying some delightfully sarcastic stickers at yep. Hot Topic. Yep. So that's what we did. That's what I that's did. That's how we rolled. But the album overall, it was decently received, but worldwide hype for the band was on the decline because again, Britpop just really wasn't doing it. We were too busy being new metal. Yeah, I think the US was definitely over it by then. Because yeah, we I super into it. barely ever I bar- heard. I honestly like the only after, time. Yeah, the only time I ever heard about Oasis around this time was if like the Gallagher brothers got into fist fight. Yep, that was pretty much all I feel like I ever heard about Oasis at yeah. that point. The following year, while the band was touring in Germany, Liam and Alan were arrested after they were involved in a large pub brawl. Oh, not a pub crawl, but a pub brawl. Brawl. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> when you're like, I'm gonna do a pub crawl, but instead you just punch everyone in the face when you go to a new pub. Yeah. Both were hurt pretty badly, with Liam losing his front teeth and Alan oh getting hit God. in the head. <laughs> what? Right, but then like they also like tried to beat up the police. Like I think Liam kicked some policeman in the ribs, and this it was so just, typical. Yeah, it's it's just typical. Typical Oasis. Time passed, and in 2004, Alan. Just became unhappy with his situation in Oasis, like every fucking one does. He finally decided to leave, and he was replaced with none other than Zach Starkey, Ringo Starr's son. No shit. Yes, shit. No shit. Yes, shit. Well. Ringo Starr's son. Ringo. Right? Zacky. Come on. Zacko. Zacko. Zacko is Ringo's son. Aww. Oh, don't pass me by. Um, but he would never actually become like an official member of Oasis. He just Thank God. Right. But also at the same time, like, can you respect the Starkeys just a little bit more? Like, can I have a little bit more respect have, for the Ringo family? I have the utmost respect for the family of Ringo Star. Yeah, I know you do. But can I get everybody, everybody else, else to fucking <laughs> fall in line? Because I'm over it. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, the Ringo Starr All-Star Band is pretty impressive. Right? And he's been doing this. He's still fucking going. He's still doing this he shit. Went, he's just having a good time. He's not running around being like, I'm the fucking best. He's like, I'm fun. Like, Let's I'm do good. it. Yeah. It's a good time. That's all he wants. Here's me. Here's my friends. And we'll Let's go, have a good we'll go time. sing a song about octopus. 
Octopuses. <laughs> and that's why I like Ringo. Yeah. Well, Zach showed up in time to land a spot recording with Oasis on their next album, Don't Believe the Truth. It's like not believing the hype, but you're actually just not believing the truth. Just don't I feel do like it. they're trying to be really They're snarky. trying. They're just trying at this really point. Really cheeky. Mm. It's not happening. Mm. Production on this album was delayed as they decided to work with the English electronica duo Death in Vegas on this production. And Death in Vegas was working on something else, so they had to wait for them to finish. Whatever. In the end, they didn't even like the album that they had recorded with Death in <laughs> Vegas, so they had to go back to the drawing board what? and redo it. Yeah. Cool. And Who's... that's why then it was finally released in May 2005. No. 20,000. 2005. <laughs> 2005. Making it their sixth studio album. It was received generally favorably. Critics felt it was better th- and it's a better effort than their last album. And it debuted in the UK at number one. I pretty much feel like Oasis can put out anything. And the UK's going to be like, all right, we'll put you on number one then. Watch out. Pretty much like, all right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're doing this again? Okay, All that's right. fine. All right, then. It even featured another song by Liam and another one by Jem Archer. So we're letting, like, the rest of the band kind of get a little say. It's nice. It's mm-hmm. good times. You think things are going great, right? Well, the real surprise was the tour for this album, because it went with very little incident and did quite well. What? Right? Wait, are they are they getting older and calmer and a little bit wiser? Is this I, happening? They're getting older. They're just getting older. They're just getting older. They're tired. They're tired. <laughs> they just need more yeah, naps. They're taking yeah. more naps and le- less fights. More naps, less, less fights. Less naps. That I want less that shirt. Fights, I want a shirt naps. that says "less fights, more naps." Yeah, yeah. I'm done with that. They performed more live shows than any other tour since definitely maybe, and but you know what? All right, and you're looking at this and you're like. Could this be a turn? This is a turn for the band. This is going really well. Except. Well, the last couple years of the aughts did not see any real improvements for Oasis. In fact, Zach left the band after recording their seventh album, Dig Out Your Soul, in 2008. And that September, Noel was attacked on stage when he was bull rushed by a fan from the crowd during the show. Oh my god. Fucking no, he's right? old now. Come on. Well, I mean, like, he was, he was probably he's late older. 30s. He's 40s? Late 30s, I think, at that point. No. I think he's 50 now. And this was 2008-ish, 9-ish? So he would be in his mid-40s. Early 40s? Early 40s. Late, late 30s, early early 40s. Either way, that's also like 30 years of hard drinking and doing drugs. Truth. I mean, like, you know, Noel's a gentle soul. No, he's not. He's no, not I think he's pretty... He's just a callus. Yeah. But he ended he's up, like, injuring some ribs callus. and shit. Yeah, I mean, he ended up injuring some ribs and shit. Like, it yeah. Wasn't, it was pretty fucking terrible. Yeah, no, bum rush the fucking Gallagher's. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. A younger Gallagher would have kicked the shit out of him, but... Yeah, you're yeah. probably right. You're probably right. All right. Not a middle-aged Gallagher. He's not middle-aged yet. Now he is, but he wasn't Now then. he is. Yeah. Oh, definitely not now. Look, sometimes you can deal with the same old shit for so long... But one day, some small, little, tiny thing, it just makes you break. The tiny little fucking... The itty-bitty stru- ting. That itty-bitty ting on the camel's back just... And you're done. It drops. Think goes, you feel like a fucking puddle of a human. comes from the sky and goes, boop. And it's just, that's enough. And it just fucking explodes. Look, after years and years of fighting... And just bickering, the breaking point was found between Noel and Liam. 
Oasis had to cancel a gig due to Liam's laryngitis. But when Knowles asked about it by the media, he said Liam was just recovering from a hangover. Liam sued Noel for slander. <laughs> so Noel is issued- Now he sues him for slander? Fucking right. Oh my god. Because he's god. hit that peak crazy. He's hitting that Alex Jones level of crazy at this point. He is InfoWars crazy. He is InfoWars in it right now. Oh my god. So basically Noel had to apologize for it. And once he issued that apology, Liam dropped the suit. Can you imagine every time one of your siblings said something slightly inflammatory towards you? You're like, I'm suing suing you. you. And the only way to get an apology was to sue them. And then as soon as they apologize, you drop the case. I wouldn't even want the apology. single time a sibling says something bad about you. I wouldn't even want the fucking apology at that point. I'd be over it. I'm like, I don't give a shit. But this didn't stop the animosity that boiled under the brothers' surfaces. Right before a show, they had an argument. Liam and Noel. So Liam grabbed Noel's guitar and just started waving around like an axe and just throwing shit idea. at Noel and just being a little jerk. And it was with that where Noel left the band. But it was permanently this time. He wrote on their website, quote, It's with some sadness and great grief to tell you that I quit Oasis tonight. People will say what they like, and I simply could not go on working with Liam a day longer. I mean, I feel you. I feel you, though, bro. And that's what all of your band members who have left have basically felt like about the both of you, though. Yeah. I simply cannot work with these fucking asshole brothers a day longer. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bit much. It's pretty likely both Gallagher's were just over it. The band had gone through so much turnover, and the brothers were constantly at each other's throats. After nearly 20 years of that, there has to come a point where just enough is enough. Yeah. And both of them, but specifically Noel mentioned, like, I'm just doing music that I don't even want to fucking do anymore. I want to do different projects. Yeah, I mean, at this point- They've grown apart from each other, musically and professionally, and as a family. Arguably, at this point- they probably should have stopped making music like 15 years ago. Again, they all, they both look back on it and say, maybe that night in 96, we should have just fucking stopped and never even made a third album and just yeah. gone out on the, on a, on done your own thing. thing. But they didn't. And no. for better or for worse, they stuck together. At this point, both have kept up fairly successful solo careers, or they've even just worked with other artists, like I mentioned before. Immediately after leaving the band, the solo project, Noel. Oh, 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 oh. That's like five. Yeah, it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> Drink. The solo project Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds was started. That's very Ringo Starish of right? him. That's he very... probably, probably working with Zach made him a little, a little influenced. Mm-hmm. Liam decidedly took the rest of the old members of Oasis and called it BDI. Okay. Yep. However, they only lasted until 2014. Yeah. Because they're called BDI. You don't want to go see BDI? <laughs> what the fuck? Also, it kind of sounds like initials. Like it's BDI. Not, but it's, not. it's just BDI. <laughs> it's like a tiny I. It's a BDI. But is it supposed to be BDI? What does that even stand for? I don't know. Butts, dicks, <laughs> inclusive? I don't know. Butts and dicks inclusive. (laughs) Balls and dicks inclusive. Balls and dicks inclusive. Yes. That's it. That's it. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
And while talk of getting back together has come up here and there, uh, the likelihood of that happening is far off. Especially on Noelle's... Six. Six. Especially on Noel's behalf, who has no interest in going through the stress of Liam, just in general, of Liam, anytime Liam soon. Liam is a stress. Period. Liam is just a stress. Also, Liam loves to tweet about Noel's potato face. <laughs> so Liam has this thing on his Twitter where sometimes he just takes pictures of Noel and just his face, and he's like, where it's potato. Or <laughs> like, potato face. Like fuck this potato. That's face. not even funny. But it is though. It's funny like, in the sense at, that like stupid. It you're so sense. stupid. Yes, that's why it's funny. But like it's funny to me. It's not charming. No. Oh, and it's, I in never said it was any charming. way whatsoever. I think it's funny because it's not charming. Yeah, but he thinks it is. It's funny in an I'm laughing at Liam kind of way. You're he's laughing at Noel. And he's laughing at Noel, yeah. but I'm laughing at oh, Liam. Oh, I see what you mean. You know what yeah. I mean? And see, like, that's, like, Liam is very uh, Trump-esque with his, I'm just going to tweet whatever I fucking oh, feel yes. like. And yes, he's yes, ridiculous. Yes. Go to Liam Gallagher's fucking tweets, and it's a goldmine of ridiculousness. <laughs> it's great. Whether or not the brothers ever have a holiday dinner together again, that doesn't take away from the influence their music had on an entire generation. Their songs bring us back to a time right after grunge, and right before the internet. Things were simple, yet clearly on the precipice of a mer- of just changing forever. They very much encompassed the late 90s for me. Mid to late 90s. Mid, late 90s. Yeah, like yes. Middle school. Yes. Middle school. Yes. 100%. Oasis was part of that change. Britpop may have died over a decade ago. I wouldn't even argue two decades oh, ago. Oh, definitely way longer than a decade. you're like, woof, how old am I? <laughs> But the depth that they brought the rock genre to can't be ignored. You can see it clearly in bands like Coldplay and The Killers. I yes. was just waiting for you to roll your eyes. I'm internally rolling my eyes. Okay, but you're not outternally, so that's good. Not outternally. Look, they will go down in history alongside the bands they idolized as kids, like The Who and The Beatles. And not just in selling millions of records around the world, but also in making an impact the likes was never seen before. Mm-hmm. at the time mm-hmm. it's hard to see it now but i bet in another 10 20 years people are like oh yeah oasis classic rock like the beatles they influenced and blah 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 like you can see that progression from the beatles to oasis to Coldplay to whatever's gonna come after Coldplay. actually Coldplay is really garbage now but that's beside the point but even to like bands like imagine dragons and garbage. stuff like that i mean they are garbage <laughs> garbage sorry no, they're garbage. Not sorry, though. Twenty One Pilots, garbage. I mean, we think that they are garbage, but somebody People. out there thinks that they're great. Yeah, and they—I they, mean—they're doing quite well. So clearly, we are in the minority thinking they're garbage. I guess it doesn't mean we're wrong. It just means we're in the minority. Oasis may not. Oasis is such an interesting band to me because they really are a frozen in time band for me. Oh, definitely, they are frozen in the nineties. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I don't look at them as timeless, but I do understand the importance that they have on the rock industry. I kind of feel like you can compare them to Nirvana in a way because Nirvana was a vastly different mentally, psych- psychologically, very much a different band. True. Um, but they 
heralded in a completely new genre yep. that the U.S. and the world really hadn't seen at that point. It was all hair metal, and we were searching for a change, and Nirvana was that change. Yeah. Just like Oasis was that change from Nirvana. Right. Like, they almost took Nirvana and grunge and said, well, let's just give this a little spit shine, make this a little pretty. Yeah. Like, look a little, took a couple showers. Take a Not little bit. Not be quite as take bleak. That, take that edge off of it. Take the edge off of it. And make it a little more radio friendly. Right. And we're going to spit this out here and see what people think about it. And yeah. people fucking loved it. And pe- because and it was, we were ready for it. Yeah. And, we were ready for that. And it helped that it was radio friendly. And it was yeah. just simple and bare bones and straightforward and everyone fucking loved it. They I mean, wanted to go back to that Beatles yeah. simplicity. Yeah, yeah. And that's what Oasis gave to everybody. And it helped that the fucking two main people in it were just at each other's throats all the fucking they time. They were their own shit show that people were 100% here to see. Yes. Yes. Easily. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what kept them... On people's minds and in the tabloids, too. It yep. helped that they were British. It helped that the British tabloids are, are the worst. fucking the worst and suckers for a good argument. Yeah. So they were always in the tabloids and, you know, it helped get our minds off of the bleakness of grunge and suicide and... Yeah, it was I was like about to say drug use, but no. No, no, there's, still dr- and, there's always it, drug use. But it's like Oasis had a happier... Well, they were experience they were, they were with optimistic. drugs. They were optimistic. Their music was much more. But they had a better a experience better with drugs. They oh, weren't. Well, they weren't shooting up heroin. Well, they weren't using drugs to escape something. They were using drugs to enhance their experience. Yeah, that they because were already they genuinely having. believed that. Oh, we're fucking rock stars. We need to live the rock star yeah, life. And drugs are the rock star life. So For better or worse, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oasis. Oh, Oasis. <laughs> and it is really funny to just watch. Liam loses shit on Twitter, and Noel just kind of do his weird shit. Again, Noel's not a saint. He's not a perfect guy. It's just when you put him next to Liam, you're like, I guess I'm going to have to side with Noel. If I were friends with Noel alone by himself without Liam, mm. I would hate his motherfucking guts. Oh, I would guts. fucking despise him. I would not be able to be friends with him. I would not go anywhere he would be. But... You know, honestly, that's probably why he stuck with Liam for that long, is it made him look real good. Because being around Liam makes him look really good, yeah. Oh, he's smart. <laughs> that's smart. Yeah, he looks like the good kid, comparatively. Yeah, I like yeah. that. All right, good for you. Good for you, Noel. Noel. <laughs> Seven. Drink. Aww. Well, I think I'll put a little bow on it from there. We're going to stick that pin in that. Yep. That's all we got for Oasis for now, but who knows? They're all still alive. We could get that reunion. No, please don't. I mean, for I, fuck's sake, don't make us go through that. I don't know. I kind of want to see it. Just that shit. Just show. for the drama. Oh, I love the drama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you all so much for listening to our crazy story about Oasis. It's just the drama. It's all the drama. Yeah, we're just here for the drama. Yeah, we are grateful that you are here, supporting us, giving us good times. You really want to give us a little extra bonus, a little extra support, a little pat on the butt? Why don't you go to iTunes? Go ahead. Give us that five-star review because we want it. We need it. Yeah. That give little pat us. on the butt. The little pat on the butt says, hey, you guys are doing a good job. <laughs> Thank you. 
That is sexual harassment, and we don't need to deal with that. I don't know. What if I give you consent, though? If it's consensual, that's fine. All right. I give you the consent to give us that virtual pat on the butt. Yeah. There you go. I give it to. Yeah. That's fine. And then you can also go ahead, visit our website, www.rockcandypodcast.com, and you can comment on the episodes, toss us an email, find our social meds, because we got the Twitters where we follow Liam Gallagher. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> yeah, I think so. This is ridiculous. Aww. Also, we got Facebook and we got Instas. So go ahead. Follow us on all the things. And if you want some extra stuff, you extra can always stuff. follow us on Patreon and give to our, our Patreon thing. Oh my god, give to our Patreon. I fucked that up. Those are the anyway, words. You can give a you can give to our Patreon right. and help us out. If you want some sweet swags, some yep. bonus episodes, and some shout outs and some ringtones. Fuck yeah. Don't you want those things? You do. Yeah you do. And also thank you so much to everyone who does give to our Patreon. Indeed. Because you have made so You've many made our easily. lives so much easier. No, you really have made our lives amazingly easier and we are so fucking grateful. And uh, yeah, we got another bonus episode coming out next next week. Mm-hmm. So you know you want to you want to hear our fucking hot takes on the news this month because there is some news. There's some interesting shit we gotta talk about. There's some shit to talk about. So if you want to hear about that, give to our Patreon. We have to keep all of this inside for an entire month so we can just vomit it all into a bonus episode. So it's extra special it is extra special it's extra special vomit it is there you go not like that dog vomit oh. i think that's a yeah i think i think, I think we're good i think we're mm-hmm. good at that we covered all the bases so tune in next week for more crazy stories from the world of music but until then party on ashley party on and party on you crazy kids out there falls out riding a bicycle thank you <laughs> Hi, I'm Heather. And I'm Mike. And And we're we're the hosts of Make It Stop. Stop. Bad music. Good times. From butt rock balladeers to the wackest of MCs. From washed up cocaine casualties to schmaltzy 80s cheese. Tune in to Make It Stop as we're joined by musicians, comedians, podcasters, and tastemakers to break down the worst albums ever recorded. We dive in track by track. We dissect, we debate, and we sort out the how and why of some of the most misguided, confounding, and egregious missteps in music history. We cover the gamut from alternative and underground bands like The Shags, Earth Crisis, and Five Iron Frenzy, to mainstream acts like Creed, Justin Timberlake, and The Black Eyed Peas. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, so look us up. And before you know it, you'll be begging us to make it stop. Make It Stop, a bad music podcast. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 